This episode of LIW The Walking Dead Review is brought to you by Xbox One, who wants you to play with yourself. Why else is it called One and comes with one controller? Xbox, play with yourself. LIW The Walking Dead and Fear The Walking Dead Review. Hello, citizens of Wonderland and Alexandria, or the Walking Dediverse, where the fuck are you coming from? Wherever you hail from, I am Phoenix West. I hail from Phoenix, but not originally, not very long. Anyway, uh, welcome to LIW The Walking Dead Review. This one is for the actual Walking Dead show, not one of the comics, not Fear the Walking Dead, the actual show, the flagship show. Oh, ship show? That was close. Anyway, uh, today's episode is 605 Now. That's the title of the episode, Now. Don't know what the fuck I mean, don't matter, don't matter. They don't seem too concerned with it. I think it just means they have to pull their shit together now. If you were to ask me about it, that's what I think. Okay, so in the last episode, 604, I predicted what would happen in this episode. Um, I predicted the Glenn thing, Glenn being alive and only being Nicholas's body that they ate. But that's not what happened in this. They still haven't shown that. I think they're really going to wait and really make you invest a whole lot of time into it. Really make the characters worry about it before they reveal that or before they move on with his death. Whatever they're going to do. I, don't, I really don't know. That's just what I think is going to happen. That's what it looked like to me. Anyway... Uh, I did predict that this episode would be a lot of one-on-ones between the characters back at Alexandria talking about the carnage that happened in the future. I predict that in 604, and that's exactly what this episode was. This episode was nothing but one-on-ones between two random characters. I I couldn't explain this episode any better. That, that, okay, so that's the end of this episode. No, um, this fucking episode. I like this episode. Is that weird? Is that weird for me to say? Usually I rag on these episodes, but this one was... It was the boring part of the comics, but it was fun to watch and hear. The show's better at getting inside the characters' heads, because you can actually see their emotions, you can hear how they say it. In the comic, it's just very flat, so these moments don't pay off as much. It just kind of rolls on to the next action sequence where they can actually do stuff. The comic... I can't believe I'm about to say this, but the comic relies more on the shock value. Like like I said, when Glenn dies in the comic, it's brutal. He gets his skull caved in, his eye pops out. It's fucking brutal. But in this, he just gets torn apart. In this, and it's not to say the show doesn't rely on that shock factor. The show heavily relies on that. It just doesn't have to linger on that like the comic does. The comic has to end with that, like every single time. The second chapter has to end with something big to keep you reading. This, they kind of take their time more. I like when they crack open the character skulls, not literally, but when you see what they're thinking, when you see what they're doing. I didn't get my wish. Uh, they still haven't shown Daryl not in a goddamn motorcycle. He literally wasn't in this episode at all. So now there was Michonne, now there was Abraham or Sasha or fucking Rosita. She was not in this. I don't, it was the most, it was the cast from before, but Rick's there now. Pretty much is all it was. I didn't see Carol either. No. Um, this one starts off with uh, the wax figure, Deanna. 
Um, she walks up some stairs and she sees Rick coming with a bunch of zombies behind him. Like it's like running with the bulls, like running with the zombies, I guess. He has so many zombies and he's barely keeping up. He's been running for hours or days or something. He's been running since 6.03 and that's, that's a long time to run. I'm not really sure what they're doing with the time, how the overlaps. Uh, I assume the Glenn thing hasn't happened yet in this actual time frame. I don't have any proof. I'm just going off. I think this one and 603 are kind of overlapped. So maybe when this one ends, maybe when that stuff with Glenn happens, because they were gone for a while in that pet store and everything. I'm not really sure. This is what I think. I think the first several episodes are kind of overlapped. Obviously, the one with the 604, uh, Here's Not Here, is a prequel. Pre, not prequel, but like happens before all of this chronologically. It's... Anyway, uh, yeah, so Rick's there now. He's at Alexandria. They get the gate shut, and all the zombies are on the outside now, but there's a lot of them. They, Rick's like, well, there's like 20 thick, but this is going to suck. But we'll be fine for now, because the walls are thick. Uh, Aaron comes out of nowhere and defends Rick when everyone turns on him. Like, this is your plan. You brought them all back here. And Aaron's like, motherfuckers, he brought half of them back. That means half of the ones who would be here are now here. He, he saved us. He, I, I, I fucked up out there. I lost my backpack with all this stuff in it. I figured it was in the backpack. It doesn't matter. But so he feels like regret. And him and Daryl wanted to go recruit. And Daryl didn't want to group. Daryl got one to keep recruiting. Aaron didn't want to anymore. And Aaron let it. They just said, decided to do what Aaron did. Something like that. It was kind of confusing for me. I don't really remember a lot what happened with that. It doesn't matter. It don't matter. Uh, anyway, Bruce and a bunch of people are starting to overtake. Basically, the people in Alexandria are starting to panic. They're well, not panic. They're giving up. I guess is the better way to put it. They're kind of just going, "We're gonna die." We just got attacked by these fucking wolves, dude. Wolf dudes, and now all these zombies are here. We have minimal food, and we can't go out and get more supplies or food or anything like that. So you know what? Fuck it. They're in fuck it mode. F- fuck anic. Fuck anic. Almost sounds like volcanic, which is kind of the same thing. I'm trying to combine fuck it and uh, panic mode. Because they're not really panicking. They're just saying, uh, fold it, you know, throw in the cars. Or game's over. But, like I said, Bruce and a bunch of those people are trying to st- take food from the pantry. I don't know the pantry lady's name. I don't give a shit. But Spencer shows up, who's Deanna's son. And he's like, guys, we have to stick together. If you guys take all the food now, it's as good as killing yourself. Like, we have to maintain this. And he does a little speech. And they all leave. And I'm like... Okay, that worked. That was good. He, this motherfucker, I can't prove that he's not Tom Brady. He looks exactly like him. This dude is so attractive. It's crazy. And then, uh, let's see here. This episode has a lot of one-on-ones, like I said. Because after that, they had a one-on-one with Deanna and Spencer a little bit. Uh, Maggie is preparing to leave to go look for Glenn because she's starting to freak out. We don't know why yet, other than that's her quote-unquote husband. Uh, Aaron sees this, and he also sees people writing all the names of people on the outside of the walls. They write their name on the wall with, like, black, I don't know what the fuck it is. It's not blood. Zombie blood would make perfectly good ink in this world, I think. I'm not sure if it loses its color after a while. I'm not sure how blood works. I assume it wouldn't. But again, not a scientist. Don't know. You could just shake it up like paint, right? Anyway, paint does settle, so I assume blood would too. Aaron wants to help out. Because he sees this and he's like feeling guilty and he feels like he could do more and he really feels bad for Maggie. Aaron's one of my favorite characters in the comic and in the show. He, I love him in the comic because he gives a shit about people. 
And that's so rare. And he gives a shit and he's actually useful. And you feel that in the comic, and I'm not sure, really sure what happened last season, don't remember. He dates Eric in the comic, and Eric gets his fucking head blown off. And he just ruined. And he still keeps a, giving a shit about people. So he's, he's a good dude. I like him. But Aaron wants to help him. Help her, Maggie. They, he sees her getting supplies and a gun and all this shit. And he's like, alright, I'm going with you. I'm going to help you. Uh, we're going we're gonna to leave. And they cut from there, and then they go back and forth. And they go back and forth to Deanna. Is she like continues to kind of mourn about her husband and how she lost control of the Alexandria, and she looks like she's melting away because she is a human wax figure now. She's like those people in that remake with was it wax something something with fucking oh my god this is terrible I can't think of the movie or the the dumb actress uh, Paris Hilton that wax movie. And who gives a shit? What am I talking about? Anyway, they they she like is mourning, and I'm like, oh, what a bitch! I hate her. I'm so sick of her. And then she's like, oh, oh, and gets like inspired, like a beautiful mind, and starts mapping shit out. Like corn goes here, and we'll, oh, other shit here we'll plant, and then tomatoes over here, and this can be a wall, and we can fortify this, and then we'll move move this over here, and this will be. And then she starts mapping it out, Alexandria. And I was like, oh, she's doing. The thing in the comic that Rick does in his head. Rick and Eugene kind of do this in the comic. They were, but it's after all the shit hits the fan. She's doing it before. Before the real shit hits the fan with the zombies invading. Right now it's just some people got killed by the wolves and that's really about it. But uh, at first I was like, when I first saw her do this, I was like, is she going to do this and then kill herself? Is this like a suicide map instead of a suicide note? She's going to make a, like a beautiful map of what she thinks the world should look like and then off herself and be like, hey, here's my will. Literally, do it. I, uh, I, am, I am God, even though I killed myself. I don't know what she's planning. I don't know why she's doing this. I think she's just being optimistic and trying to look forward to living. It, it would be the actual guess if I wasn't being a dick about it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, her son, she goes in the other room, and her son is there, Spencer, uh, drunk. He dropped a glass. You realize he's a huge dickhole, and right after he told Bruce not to steal all the fucking food, he steals a bunch of fucking food and brings it back there, and he's just like, and he does like a fucking spoiled baby rant toward his mom after she calls him out on it. All she does is go, "Really, Spencer?" or something like that. I'm like, "Damn it, Spencer!" And he, he he freaks out like a fucking rich kid. Like, I said I wanted the, the new Lexus, not the fucking Mercedes. And he just goes off like, your dad, dad being dead is your fault. And he's a little bitch, a little bitch. I hate this. He, you know what, though, Spencer? Still worse in the comic. He's still more of an a-hole in the comic. <sighs> Makes me wish Negan was here to kill him. Oh, Negan, when will he show up? I don't know. Let's see, Carl and Ron... Um, they're still kind of reeling after their little pussy fight after Carl saved him uh, from getting eaten by zombies when the wolf attack was happening. But Ron saw Carl with Enid, and he got all... Like I mentioned in that episode when it happened in 602, I was like, no teenager would... Life and death takes over your fucking jealousy over some bitch. It, not to call her a bitch, but she's a bitch. She really was a bitch. But I'm saying you're gonna you're gonna go ahead and live before you be jealous. Like he chose, I'm gonna run off and maybe get killed instead of stick with safety. 
and have to deal with an awkward situation with a three-way. I don't know what his plan was. This fucking kid sucks. Ron's a little bitch. He's, like, trying to take over Carl in this. It's awesome. Um, they have, like, a little fight, and it's kind of a shove fight, and it's the pussiest fight I've ever seen in my life. It's, like, two fourth graders that don't know how to fight yet or what pain is, really. Uh, Carl wants to go, after, go after Enid when he, he, he learns that she went over the wall, and she does this often. I assume she's the one writing JSS and everything, or where the fuck those initials were in episode two. Uh, and I realize at this point that if Carl goes after her, Enid is Lydia from the comic, from the Whisperers and stuff like that. If you don't know the comic, don't pay, don't bother. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to focus on the comic. I'm just saying, I don't know if that's what they're going for. They're cutting out a whole lot if they do that. Because they haven't introduced other camps. They haven't really introduced uh, main characters in the comic yet. They're not even going to get near him. I don't think they're going to introduce Jesus at all. They're not going to get near that. They might call him Paul Monroe, like they do in the comic. <sighs> Although, I don't know if they will, because Deanna's name in this is Monroe. I don't know. I don't know where they're going with it. Anyway, uh, Denise, Dr. Denise, who in the show is not really a doctor, but in the comic she's full-fledged a surgeon. I don't know why they chose to go around that. I, I think it's just to show her character more weak and have to overcome something. But really, she just plays a Google doctor, pretty much. Because she's just like, what do I do? And she'll look in a book, and then she'll do it. And it's like, that works with assembling an Ikea desk. Not so much when you have a dude's heart in your hand. You can't, you know, can't have time to read, and then just be like, oh, I have to, oh, he's dead. Shit. Oh, he's coming after me now. Oh, great. Oh, God, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't really do that as a doctor. You have to read it beforehand. <laughs> so it's she's almost useless. She's, anyone could do that job right now. They should just get the person who could read the fastest to be the doctor, other than her being a what veterinarian or psychiatrist or some shit like that. Ugh. But when I saw Denise crying... Like, she, the, the, I don't know his name, the black dude that was on the bed, um, Scott, I think his name was. He's, you know, his leg's all fucked up, and he, he, he she thinks he's going to die, and she's crying. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want Negan so bad. Because in the comic, Negan shows up and gets her killed with Holly, but Holly's already dead in the show. So they're cutting out, they're cutting out Negan's character, I think. Which sucked, because Negan in the comic is way better than the governor. Way just way better. The governor's almost not a main villain in the comic. He's he's around for a couple chapters, and then he's gone. And then Negan's there for fucking like seven chapters, and he's awesome. He's so much fun, but he is expensive because he chucks grenades sometimes. And I think he'd just be too much of a. I think he'd be too comical. You know what I mean? Like I literally mean like too much out of the comic for the show. Same thing with Jesus. I don't think they're going to have Jesus on the show. Or Ezekiel with his tiger. They're not going to do any of that shit. And I get it. I almost understand that. So I'm not that upset about it. But I still would like to see Negan on the show. It'd be fun. They don't have to do it quite as over the top. Um, when she's sitting there, Tara comes in uh, to talk. And I just love the way they hide the fact that she's pregnant. Because the actress is clearly pregnant. Uh, not, I'm not saying she looks like a gross fatty or anything. She's just pregnant. It's, she's wearing a sweatshirt. It looks like she has like three hand, handguns in her little pouch to weigh it down. So you can't really tell. It looks like something's holding it down right there, but something bulky, but really she's just pregnant. And then she sits in a, on a stool and turns it around backwards. So 
it blocks her stomach. And I'm like, you guys are really trying. And she basically talks to Denise and is like, hey, it's all right to be scared. I'm scared. Just deal with it, bitch. Jessie is out, you know, doing her rounds. She finds a neighbor who is in her house and a zombie now. And everyone freaks out. They're all like, oh my god, oh my god. I'm like, you fucking assholes have seen zombies. I know it's one of yours, but you've just seen so many of your own just get murdered by the wolves. This shouldn't really be that... (sighs) They just saw kids get killed, pretty much. And now they're like, oh, that 55-year-old woman is a zombie in her house. Oh my god. Like, you know what I mean? I I don't want them to lose their humanity altogether, but like... Get used to it. It's really, it's going to happen more and more. And, and it's never going to stop at this point. You're all infected. It's never going to stop. But she kills the, the the zombie with a knife through the eye, which is kind of brutal. She could have went through the skull. And then she gives a really long, boring, not long, a really boring speech, though, about fighting or dying. And this is the world now and blah, blah, blah. And everyone's shocked. But it was really lack, lackluster of a speech. It was just kind of boring. And she just walked away. And, uh, yeah, it, I don't care about that scene. I don't care about Jesse at all. I hope what happens to her is what happened in the comic, because it's awesome. Uh, anyway, no spoilers there. Uh, Aaron and Maggie decide to go down to the sewer. That way they can go under the wall instead of over it, which will be seen by zombies. They get down there. They're immediately attacked by water zombies made out of some sort of mud and vine combination. I'm not really sure what they're going for. I think it was supposed to be that the skin was kind of almost gone really thin, so you saw the, their veins. I'm not really sure what they were going for there. They look like uh, video game creatures. They look like the, uh, I mentioned this in the last episode, the feral ghouls from Fallout 3. Um, I just got the Fallout, Fallout 4 comes out tonight in, let's see, three hours. So I'm very excited for that. But it I just got the feral ghoul from it, the little pop vinyl dude, and that's what they look like. A little more uh, yellow than, re- excuse me, than red, but you get the idea. Anyway, Aaron cuts his head and saves Ma- cuts his head open, killing the zombie, and then he saves Maggie, and she just doesn't give a shit. She's like, "You need stitches, you need stitches, you need to go back now." You hear? And I was like, "Why does Maggie have such a thick Southern accent when nobody else in her family really did?" Her sister kind of had like a, oh no, yeah, like that. And her dad really didn't have one at all. I would say her sister had a 12% accent as far as thickness goes. Um, Herschel had maybe a 15%. And Maggie's rocking like an 88 sometimes, depending on the line she says. But when she says, well, you need to go back to, we need to go back there, yeah, like, what the fuck to happen to her? She's so from the south. I know they're outside of Atlanta in the beginning, uh, but come on, like the family would have the same accent, not so much just one member of it. Whatever, maybe she uh, hoarded the accent in the family. I'm not really sure. Maybe she had to carry that on trips. I, I, I'd have to look into their past more. I'm not going to do that. Uh, they show Rick on a wall. He's look on the main wall. He's looking over. Basically, he they have somebody on watch all the time to see if there's a signal from Glenn or a signal from anybody outside the wall. Daryl, Abraham, you know the important characters, Michonne. So, and I was like, why not? And the same goes with the floor, the ground level with the gate, with the gate with the bars that you can sh- stick shit through. 
They do it in the prison, but I just don't understand why they don't have a large stick, just a large stick with a big knife taped to it. Go get a big branch, I don't care, a, a 10 foot one would do. And you just tape a, tape a knife to it, a really nice knife, one that won't get stuck in there. And then you just sit there and jab, jab, jab. And you could kill all the zombies in that area in like 15 minutes. And then you go, and then sure enough, more zombies come. And then you just do that again. And then pretty soon, that's the zombies. That You're done. They're in, if you can't get them to come over to you, they're manageable at that point because there's so few. But you can always get them in the, in the show when they're in the uh, when they're in the prison. They would, hey, and slap their you know slap against a chain link fence and run them down. And they would all all the zombies would chase them on the other side of the fence to an area. That's how they got the gate open without getting any zombies inside. They did it a bunch. Why not do it here? And I know, I know why they don't because it would get rid of the zombie presence in the show. But really, if you were doing that, wouldn't you want your characters to be smart? Instead, they're just like, let's go ahead and let them wait and put their weight against the wall. Let's just see what happens there. This can only lead to their deaths. <sighs> Whatever. I, 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 it, it makes sense to me. I would volunteer for that job. Just let me sit there and stab them in the head for a shift. Shorter shifts because they'd be tiring, like two-hour shifts. Everyone takes a turn. And then maybe an hour shift. I don't know. It would go so quick. You'd only need one day of shifts. You probably don't have to do it the one time, two at a time, in case someone and tether them to the wall. In case they lean too far, it's not that fucking hard. It's is it really that hard to use rope and then a, tape a knife to a stick? Is that that's really all they needed? And like I said, have someone on the ground level doing it too, and you can kill them down from there. And because they put their faces right against the goddamn thing, and they try to squeeze their stupid zombie heads through the actual fence, they're incredibly dumb. They're not gonna be like, "Oh, keep my head back here so you can't reach me." No, they're easy pickings. They're fish in a barrel. They're zombie fish in a barrel, or fish in a zombie barrel. Whatever you think should be zombified here. Anyway, while he's on the wall, Ron tells Rick about Enid and. I couldn't tell what Ron's doing. I think Ron's trying to get Rick to go on the other side to look for Carl. But he told Carl he told him that Carl didn't go. So he's like trying to set up they're trying to replace Carl. At first I was like, is he trying to get Rick killed? Get Rick to go look for Carl? But then he goes, No, Carl's over there looking at Judith. Looking at looking after Judith. It'd be weird if he's over there just staring at the baby. And so Rick's like, Oh, okay. And then he teaches Ron how to shoot. I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, he's gonna replace him? What's going on? I don't, I don't know what his master plan is. I don't know if he even has one. That kid sucks. Denise, after saving Carl or Scott, Scott, sorry, she saves Scott's life by you know, pulling some pus out of his leg. Like I said, she was googling the book. It's basically an encyclopedia. Uh, what Google is? I don't know why I said Google. It's just funny to say. He, she saves his life, and then she goes up to Ter- Tara, or Tara, whatever you want to pronounce it, and who's not pregnant, totally. She's a, uh, she's a lesbian in the show, so it's a little, little odd. But she, Denise kisses Tara. And I was like, okay, that was, that was interesting. I don't know where they're going with that. I don't know if she's actually... I don't know if it's an actual lesbian thing, or if she just kissed her just to feel some human contact, which is perfectly acceptable if you're really being a reasonable person. If you're a homophobe, I don't, I don't know what you want to 
do with that. You you masturbate to that all you want, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. That was weird. They didn't really go anywhere with it. She basically said, "Being scared sucks," and then they moved on. I like that. I like, like I said, a lot of one-on-one scenes in this, because then it goes back to Aaron and Maggie, and they find the end of the tunnel, and they're about to open the gate, and then Maggie's like, "No!" and brings all the zombies to him, and she's just like, "You know what? I want to go after him, but whatever happened to him happened, and I can't blame myself, and you can't blame yourself, and I'm pregnant." And it was the. She says it with about that much, that speed. And I was like, oh, she's good at crying. The actress is good at crying. She looks terrible in that new puppet movie, whatever the fuck that is, where she babysits a puppet. Holy, holy goddamn hell, that looks stupid. But you know what I mean? She she can cry well. And she convinces, she's convincing with that sort of stuff. But I like I like that scene. They go back, and I'm like, oh, they're buddy-buddy. Aaron's gay, but, and it kind of felt like they're going to start, you know, they're going to cuddle and then make some mistakes. But I'm like, oh, Aaron's gay. It's not going to happen. Anyway, they go back, I guess. They don't really show it, but. Uh, Jesse makes her bitch son some cookies. Um, her son is Sam. She son of Sam? No. Um, he he's uh the kid of the one who I forget his name that killed Deander's husband Reg and someone else and blah blah. blah. And Rick had the shoot, and that's the one that when uh Morgan showed up. Sorry, I'm trying to remember character name who haven't been on the show in a couple episodes. Well, Morgan was, but. Anyway, I'm all over the place. Uh, Sam has a dumb fucking haircut. It's the Nicolas Cage from Face Off haircut almost, or Dumb and Dumber, one of those. Some somewhere in there, I forget. But he, he's like a, he's like I can't go downstairs because it was it never changed up here upstairs. It's safe. And I was like, you're like an upstairs dweller now, and you're just not gonna come out of your room. You're gonna become like a Norman Bates's mom, but you're alive and she's so dead. I don't know what the fuck your plan is up there, buddy. Whatever, okay. She she bows into it, though. She should have put her foot down, but instead she actually helped like, help the kid by bringing the f- cookies upstairs. And I was like, you put your foot down, you dumb whore. Goddamn. Women are terrible. Um, while we're turning the food from earlier that her dickhead son stole, Deanna is attacked by a wolf zombie. Um, and by that I mean not the zombie body of a, of a wolf. I mean, one of the member of the Wolves clan, um, again, I shouldn't use the word clan, um, gang, humans named the Wolves, one of them was alive, uh, she attack, he attacks her, Deanna drops the, the stuff, uses, grabs a jar or a bottle or something, and just stabs him in the chest like 70, 78 times or something. Just keeps going. And I'm like, okay, well, at this point you realize he's not stopping. And the heart stabs are doing nothing to alleviate this situation. Maybe go ahead and move move north toward the brain. Uh, see what damage can be done there. And she's not she's not for it. Rick has to come up and stab him in the head. And he's like, well, Carol said he, she killed one of these guys and couldn't find the body. He must have been over there. And uh, it was an interesting scene. I liked it. I couldn't figure out what the fuck Deanna was talking about. She mumbles and whispers and I'm like is this bitch on Thorazine or something she's just like I want to live I want to build up Alexandria make it great again and it looks like she's going to fall asleep like I said she is a melting wax figure at this point and I think she's not she seems virtually suicidal um, very distant and terrifying 
She looks like a... She's turning into a zombie in very slow motion. It's scary. Uh, but yeah, she she wants Alexander to survive, Alexandria to survive. And they do like a back and forth, like, you should lead. No, you should lead. And then they, I think they decided on Rick leading. I'm not really sure. Doesn't fucking matter because Rick's in the lead anyway. Um, they show Aaron and Maggie. And again, a bunch of one-on-ones in here. They're on the wall. They go down and they erase Glenn and Nicholas's name with water and their sleeve. And again, I'm not sure if it was paint or blood. Blood would wipe off quickly. This was not, so I assume it was paint. And I don't know. I can't measure how much water and sleeve it would take to erase paint letters on a metal door. But more than they got is my estimate. And especially with the water. It might be easier to just get more paint and paint over it because the water is one of the most valuable resources in human... It's the most valuable resource in human history as far as maintaining life, um, especially after the apocalypse when water is very, very hard to get a hold of, especially fresh water. They are near the ocean, but that's pretty much useless to them now. That That's not going to help. So go ahead and save your water. Maybe go ahead and find some alcohol rub, something, some paint thinner. I don't know. Um, alcohol, like, you know, no nail polish remover will help more than the water will because your sleeve isn't doing shit, you dumb bitch. Ugh. Go, go. Follow the rules next time you babysit a puppet, you dumb bitch. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look up that trailer for that movie. I, I don't know what it's called. I don't care. She babysits a puppet. And disobeys the rules, and he starts terrorizing her. It's one of the stupidest plots I've ever heard in my life. It's it's terrible. Anyway, uh, Betsy and Spencer are on guard duty, and they have a little little talk session. She says she's proud of him, and blah blah blah. And I was like, who the fuck is Betsy? I say her name when they the show didn't. I had to look it up on IMDb, which I just keep open during the show because I don't know these characters. I don't know who plays what character in the show. I'm I try. I'm learning. I. I just passively watched season five. I didn't focus on it like I am now. So that's why I'm kind of backtracking with the characters a little bit. Anyway, I don't know what the fuck's going on with Spencer. He's still crackers. He's a cracker-ass cracker thief. And I guess that's him being a villain as he steals crackers. If that's all he has, I don't really give a shit. Anyway, Rick and Jesse talk about waiting for Glenn and the group before they, before they wanted to bury the bodies. That's why... Earlier, Rick was like, don't bury the bodies. We don't bury murderers here. And then he reveals, like, I really want to wait for Glenn and all them to show up. It's like, I don't get what the fuck that means. Personally, I wouldn't want to bury the bodies because I'd be like, save your strength in case those zombies get in here. This is a more pressing matter right now than you burying a giant goddamn hole to put this mass grave. Of, I, I, don't, blah. I just don't, I don't, get, I don't get it. Anyway, uh, last thing here. The Deanna walks up to the gate. There's a silhouette of the zombies behind the tarp on the other side of the fence. And she slaps the fence. And they're like, ah! And then she walks on their foot or so. And I couldn't tell if they're trying to say that the fence is cracking. Or it just looked like blood coming through the fence. Are they pushing so hard? I think they're saying that they're pushing so hard that blood is seeping through the fence. I could easily go back and watch it. But I don't want to. I'm just going to assume it was blood. And if so, either way, it means that the fence is cracking, pretty much. Or, or uh, and it, 
an insane amount of pressure is being put on this fence, and that can't be good. Like I said, stick, duct tape, knife. End of story. Couple shifts. You're done. I don't care if they die now. They've had their chance. I obviously kill some of the zombies. Kill five a day is better than just staring at them all day. You know what I mean? It's, it can only help you. In no way would killing five a day negatively affect your society. It can only help out, so fuck it, why not do it? I just don't understand. I don't understand why they're doing that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, anyway, I'm getting the fuck out of here. This is a... Uh, what episode is this? 35? 36? 37? 38? 40? Something like that. Um, of LIW, The Walking Dead Review. This is episode 35. <laughs> I looked it up. So, until next time, and in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West, and go check out loiteringinwonderland.com. Check out all the podcasts. Buy a book of mine. I have a humor book on there with pictures. Pictures. 100 Things That'll Burn in Hell. I list 100 things and why they should burn in hell, even if I don't believe they really should. Go check it out. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I appreciate it. Everything helps. goes back into the show, buy cameras, stuff like that. It's going to be fun. Uh, like I said, buy a book. Uh, go to iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Share this show with your friends. It is free. All of the shows are free. And more people listening means more people wanting to pay to advertise with us, and that's always good. I want to be paid. I want to, I want to break even. That'd be great. I've invested so much time and money into this. <sighs> I should shoot myself. Be like Deanna and just walk around melting. God damn it. But, oh, yeah. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, until next time, I am Phoenix West. So long, citizens. <laughs>